Virginia. Did you know the law protects patients from surprise medical bills? Insurance companies and hospitals post cost information online. You can request a good faith estimate three days ahead of hospital care. Know your rights as a healthcare consumer. Visit controlyourcare.com to learn more about patient-focused healthcare laws. Controlyourcare.com can help empower your healthcare decisions. Paid for by the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association. Hi, welcome back to Latter-day Lesbian. Hello. The podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out life. That's me. It is you. Mm -hmm. I think you're doing a pretty good job with that. Do you? I do, but I lie a lot. (laughs) You can't trust anything I say. (laughs) I just tell you what you want to hear. All right. Um, I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. So today we wanted to sort of wrap up a little bit about last week and talk about some new stuff. I don't know. What are we doing? I think so. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. I like that. Let's do okay. it. Okay. So let's see. Let's review. You've come out to pretty much everyone in the world, mm-hmm. except we haven't talked about your parents yet, but no. that's a little spoiler. No. Well, we talked it's about foreshadowing. Brent. We talked about the kids. Mm-hmm. But honestly, there's a lot more. Oh, my those. God. Will you just come out already? I have. Oh, my God. God. All right. We need to have like a seven-hour <laughs> podcast where I just give all the nitty-gritties of coming out to everyone. I haven't talked about coming out really to the friends yet. Your friends were pretty cool. But there was my neighbor oh, who decided to quote, God made Adam and Eve, not, not Adam, and, Adam Steve. and Steve. That's so old. Is that really a friend, though? Well, no. She was a neighbor. I don't talk to her anymore. Yeah, if anyone's like judging you and like quoting stupid stuff from 1984, <laughs> they don't get to be your friend. They're, that's done. The only thing we should quote from 1984 is like Duran Duran songs. Hungry like the wolf, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like the reflex. That was my favorite. The okay. reflex. I think I take Prilosec for that. That's reflux. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Before we get into today's podcast, I really wanted to apologize to you. Why? Well, a couple of podcasts ago, I think I called you a people pleaser. I've been called worse. (laughs) (laughs) By your girlfriend who's supposed to build you up and not tear you down. Mm. Mm? Yeah. I know. I should know better. You don't label people. I didn't take it hurtful, but I guess... I don't purposely mean to like say mean things. It's not what I set out to do ever. I always want to... Is it purposely or purposefully? Purposefully? Okay. Busted. (laughs) Did you purposely, purposefully correct me? I purposefully corrected your use of the (laughs) non-existent word purposely. It's either on purpose or purposefully. Really? Well, I don't know. We could look it up. Not right now. We're podcasting. Wow. I had no idea. Mm. Whatever. I'm getting off track. But I don't think it's up to me to decide what type of person you are. I think you get to decide that. And I think what I meant to say in that moment was when you indicate to people we will be releasing more than one podcast a week, I feel a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. to edit said podcast content more than once a week. And that's really what I should have said. Not, well, you're a people pleaser. So anyway, I apologize for that. Okay. And I feel like we are in group therapy now with mm-hmm. thousands of our closest friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us in group therapy. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you're, you. You're welcome. And all is forgiven. Well, that's so sweet. You know. I will try to not call you a name like that. Thank you. I probably will fail sometimes. My heart's in the right place. Absolutely. You have a good heart, Mary. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That's really sweet. Aww. Aww, you want a kiss? 
Yeah, should we should we make out? <laughs> All right, that's out of the way. And we want to talk about listener email. Mm-hmm. So last time we did a little plea for people to write in and tell us what they think, tell us about their Christmases, what have you. Right. I feel like, I think I say this every episode, but I am shocked at how many people are writing in and commenting. And I love it. I feel like everyone who writes in, I get to respond to and they're my friend. And you do respond. I do. I love it. I feel like, oh my gosh, these people care about what I have to say. And I feel like then when they turn around and tell me about their life, it's like we just became friends. And I feel like we're somehow forming this community of people with commonalities there somewhere, not necessarily you know, being lesbian or being ex-Mormon. Well, the other thing is, it's like, yeah, you don't have to be gay to understand what feeling oppressed by organized religion feels like. Sure, yeah. That is serious yeah. business, and lots of people go through that. And, you know, it might sound like we put down religion left and right. It's not exactly like that. Here's how I feel about it. If your brand of spirituality and religion builds people up and makes people feel good, spreads joy and love and hope and all that stuff, I'm all for it. More power to you. But if your brand of religion and spirituality actually is really critical and claims that some people aren't going to enter some sort of heavenly afterlife Mm -hmm. and all you're doing is pointing the finger at people and feeling better than other people, then no. Boo on that. I'm against that. I agree. It's funny how you brought that up. And um, Mormonism, on the outside, they teach eternal families and love and families first and everything. But they're actually one of the few religions who teach that you will be separated from your family after you die if you haven't all been righteous. Mm. So, for example, my family that's still Mormon, they believe they, uh, when they die, will be in the upper levels of the celestial kingdom. Celestial kingdom being where God hangs out. Actually, God hangs out in the upper levels. So you get to be in the upper levels. But since I have left the religion, I will be somewhere in the terrestrial kingdom, which is a lower kingdom. Um, I am not allowed to go up to visit my family. They may come down and visit me if they'd like. My children are not with me. My spouse, if I had one, is not with me. It's just complete separation. Anyway, a religion that preaches unless everyone follows all the rules, yeah, you're separated after you die. Do you Kinda really want to be there, though? Well, I love my family, but I wouldn't want to be there with the judgment and having to follow whatever the rules. And I sure as hell don't want to be there having spirit babies, <laughs> like yeah, we talked no. about in the last episode. No spirit um, babies for yeah. me or you. Mm-mm. Right. Anyway, we're a little off track. Somebody sent in to the Facebook page that we have, Latter-day Lesbian, and I wanted to read it. And I have to say, like, there are a lot just like this. So here's one that's just typical of what we get. And this is from Selena. And she says, I just want to tell you both thank you. After listening to all the podcasts, I feel like you have shared live experiences that so many of us understand because we have very similar experiences. For me personally, I relate to most of Shelley's experiences because they are the same things I went through. I got married in the temple at age 19 because I thought it was the right thing to do. I was not a virgin when I got married and always felt so guilty. I was not attracted to my ex-husband but thought, with enough faith, I would be someday. I sobbed the day I got married to my best girlfriend because I thought I had made a huge mistake. Wait a minute, she didn't marry her best girlfriend. She sobbed to her best girlfriend friend who's a girl okay she saw she didn't marry her she sobbed no her. she married gotcha. her husband who she was not attracted to gotcha. and cried to her friend who's a girl i'm following along now thank you um because i thought i'd made a huge mistake but i was determined to make it work because it was my only ticket to eternal salvation so i thought fast forward to 23 years and four kids later the marriage ended because i could no longer deny that i was gay 
a few months after the marriage ended, I went on Match.com. And that's where we met. That is where we met. Go Match. <laughs> um, and found the love of my life. We had been together for eight and a half years, wow. married for five. She's nice. not. I know, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. She's not Mormon, so it has been difficult for her to understand my thought process at times. It is taken... Just have her listen to the podcast, honey. That's what... Believe me, that's what I said when I replied. <laughs> uh, it has taken me a lot longer to let go of the religion. It was so incredibly pounded into my heart and soul as the truth. So I appreciate you sharing your religious experiences and thoughts. I truly understand them. And now I feel a little stronger and more comfortable in saying that one does not need a religion to be a spiritual person. Thanks again for making here, these here. podcasts. I look forward to hearing more. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. I love that. That just makes it feel like... All this time we spend recording and editing and making notes and like p- people, it's helping. It's helping yeah, people. It is. And we love the comments. Keep them coming. For sure. And we'll give that information on how to get in touch with us a little bit later on. That's fantastic. Can I um, talk about one more really quickly before yes. we go into the meat of our um, episode here? So you listeners probably remember a couple of episodes ago where I talked about the um, foot fidgeting of my <laughs> friend when I was staying the night. Melissa. Melissa. And how when she put her foot on my leg and not in any way that was, you know, she wasn't coming on to me, I didn't think. that. Little it just, did you know. Little did I know, right? <laughs> um, but it just kind of lit up my entire world. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling butterflies. My face was flushed. Anyway, after that episode, Melissa actually called me. And I had not spoken to her since probably 1993 in wow. person. When I first got on Facebook, I found her and sent her a friend request. This is years and years ago at this point. And we kind of talked a little bit then, but but not really. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she called me and, A, it was so awesome to catch up with her. And sure. we were laughing about old times and, you know, I, I found out about her family and her love life and everything that had been going on with her. And I got to talk about what's been going on with me. And then we were getting ready to get off the phone. And she said, listen, I I really want to apologize. I want to apologize for that night Hmm. that you spoke about on the podcast. And I said, I, you don't, you don't need to apologize. You didn't do anything wrong. I just, I didn't understand the feelings I was having. And she said, well, our entire friendship changed afterward. Um, and it and it did. It really did. But I didn't see that it was because of that, except I found out later because she told me mm-hmm. that people were starting to talk in our school and accuse her of having a crush on me. And she was not ready to be out of the closet. Right. And so the easiest thing for her to do was to distance herself from me as a friend. That's unfortunate. It hurt. It hurt a lot. And she apologized. And, and I said, you know, we were kids back then. We were teenagers at, at best. And if we could go back now with our adult brains and have a conversation about what was going on, it could have been a lot different. Right. But how do you address that when you're a teenager in the early, early 90s where this is just, it's still very taboo. Um, well, it sucks that she had to basically push you away a little bit because yeah, we, of being bullied or something. Exactly. And, and I wonder... horrible. It is. It is because it killed our friendship and she was my best friend. I mean, I'm not dissing on her at all. No, I just no, no, think that course. it's the environment. And, yeah. you know, this was a long time ago, but still that stigma that being gay is awful or evil or yeah. whatever it is that yeah. causes people to hide who they really are. Right. It's a shame. Right. I'm glad it's not like that so much these days. My my kids have friends in school that are gay, mm-hmm. and it's just a non-issue. I'm yeah. sure there's issues in They also live the in a metropolitan area. You're right. It's not like we're in the middle of um, Nevada. Podunk, <laughs> Podunk, Nevada. Okay, yeah. Right. 
not not to get on anyone's case from Nevada, but you know what I mean, like super rural areas. So to wrap that part up, it was so nice to hear from her. I didn't need the apology, but I was glad that she was able to apologize for her because clearly it had been on her mind and in her heart. Right. And it did feel good. Uh, that she still thought of me and respected me enough that she would want to apologize. And she admitted that she loved you. Yeah, she did. And that, honestly, was a little heartbreaking. That you missed your opportunity. And you know, and I thought about that too. That's not the heartbreaking part. The heartbreaking part was that she loved me and I loved her. I really did. I mean, there was no option there. Mm-hmm. And I remember her telling me when we were on the phone, oh, if we could have had like some secret relationship, that would have been great. And I was saying, yeah, that would have been really cool in high school. But then I got off the phone and I was like, no, it wouldn't have because my Mormon guilt would have ruined me. It's bad enough to admit to your bishop that you have been involved in heavy petting with a boy. (laughs) That (laughs) again? Yeah. (laughs) But to confess a gay sin, like I think they would have broken me. I don't think I could have handled it. Mm -hmm. So it's probably better that it never went that direction. But thank you, Melissa, for that phone call. It's fantastic. I hope we can still stay in touch. So when this podcast airs, it'll be full end in the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Mm -hmm. And for Christmas, I think we mentioned that we were visiting my family. Shelly had spent time with her kids on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, and then she got on a plane, flew to Virginia Beach, um, well, Norfolk, actually. I picked her up at the airport, and we had Christmas dinner with my family. And you met my mother for the very first time. I did. Can I just say that Catherine adores me? (laughs) In her own way. (laughs) She was actually on really good behavior that night. Yeah, I was like, well, I think she's great. But apparently she was on very good behavior. She was not being judgmental to me. Although she did tell me the next time I have uh, my nightmares. That's a whole other podcast. We will do the nightmare podcast. I have horrible nightmares anyway. I think it's PTSD, honestly. I really do. Anyway, she told me the next time I have a nightmare and I wake up from it, I need to call on Jesus to cast out um, the evil spirits and make it stop. That sounds just like something she would say. Uh uh Mm -hmm. And she said to back the eagles because the eagles will (laughs) will bring God glory in the Super Bowl. No, that that was last week. She was in good behavior that day. The next day, she felt the need to remind me I was going to hell. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't there that day. No, you missed that Do you think she would have said that if I was there? I don't know. She didn't say it in a mean way, oddly. It was this family meeting we were having. I don't know how this even came up. I was talking to my sister afterwards. I was like, how did we even get on this topic? We were sort of airing our grievances a little bit. Mm -hmm. Which is a great thing to do around the holidays. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At a family meeting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I will say that there aren't very many opportunities for all of the sisters, three of us, to get together, and I think we felt empowered that the others were there, and we all of us feel damaged in mm. some way by mm-hmm. our upbringing. We just all do. Right. And it's not like we were trying to gang up on mom. It made sense in context, but this is what I told her. And again, it made sense at the time. But I felt like when I was a teenager and was struggling with my sexuality, I had to be okay with being the black sheep from a young age, knowing how she felt about me, knowing how the church felt about me. I took it on. I said, you know what? I accept the consequences in this life and my next life. No matter what, I just have to be true to myself. So Um, whatever comes, I can't worry about it. I can't worry about my mother's view of me and the church's view of me. I have to be myself, no matter what. And she started getting weepy. And she said, but I just don't want you to go to hell. 
Like she is in turmoil still over it. That's what religion does. Yeah. She's really upset that you might go to hell. Just like my parents are so upset that they might have lost me and the grandkids. It's like, yeah. no, you, you didn't. This is all make-believe. And so it doesn't just hurt us, the ones who have left the religion. It hurts the people who are still in the religion because they are... They're mired in it. They have this deep, deep sadness about the people who've left. What a crappy way to be. I know. Crappy way to live. And I think she loses sleep over it. Like, she's Mm -hmm. that worried about it. Oh, I know. My dad's that worried about it. He's constantly asking my oldest brother, how are we going to fix this? What's what's going on with Shelly? How am I going to fix this? Yeah. Dude, I don't need to be fixed. I know. I know. And I wonder if it's a little bit selfish on my mother's part. Like, is she worried that I'm not going to be in her version of heaven for me or for her? I don't know. Maybe it's a combination. That's a good question. I don't, I don't really want to get into it with her to find out. Sure. She may not even be truthful about it. Maybe mm-hmm. she doesn't know. I just know that she's preoccupied with it and mm-hmm. has been for 30 years. Wow. Worrying about something that's that you actually can't control. nothing right. for 30 years. And I said to her, and I've said it before, but I said it again, Mom, why don't you put some of that faith to the test? Why don't you trust in God to take care of it? Why are you trying to make it your your problem? You can't control this. What, what does she say to that? I don't know. She just shakes her head. She can't deal. Mm-hmm. She can't deal. So that was my day after Christmas. Mm, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Christmas night, we had really good food. We drank wine. Mom yeah. was on good behavior. You met my family. You met my niece and nephew. Mm-hmm. And it was a good time, I thought. By the way, your nephew has a crush on me. <laughs> he said you were hot. That's the same thing. Is it? <laughs> He's got good taste. Right. What can I say? Hmm? He used to keep his hands to himself. There we go. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. So we had a little bit of a Christmas celebration in the hotel. Yeah. We also uh, got to 4,000 downloads that night. So. That was so much fun, being yeah. downstairs at the bar in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned when we got there, I said, Mary, look at our numbers. I think we're, we might hit 4,000. Right. We were still a little ways away. And I said, if we hit 4,000, I'm going to buy shots for everyone at the bar. But the, but, and at that time, there were like four people. If that. Two of us. You know, two yeah, other people. Well, well, two of us, that dude Brandon uh-huh. and the bartender. And then the bartender. Jeremy. Uh-huh. Anyway, so we ended up hitting 4,000 downloads and I'm like, oh crap, there's a lot of people here now. So I called the bartender over. I'm like, Jeremy, come here, come here. Explain what had happened, what's going on, what I was about to do. And I said, what's your cheapest shot? <laughs> he said, well, Jameson shots are on sale or whatever for two fifty. So I clinked my glass, got everyone paying attention, told them what was going on. And everyone had a Jameson shot and did cheers. And it was so much fun because I don't know these people. Right. Never had seen them before, but they were suddenly so excited about our journey. Mm-hmm. And they were supportive and they were like, oh my gosh, how do we listen to this podcast? So when- you took their phones individually one at a time and subscribed mm-hmm. them to the podcast. There, there were there were some drunk people there who were like, oh, I don't want to subscribe. And I said, cool, can I have your phone? Sure. And so I, I did. I subscribed to a lot of people. And one gentleman even said, my daughter's gay. She might enjoy the podcast. Will you text her for me? So mm-hmm. I took his phone. I texted the daughter, sent a link. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to know if any of that got anyone to listen. But it was cool to have strangers be excited. If you got a text from Shelly, a.k.a. your father, <laughs> and sent you the link to the podcast. Will you write in and oh my let gosh. us know? <laughs> I would, if anyone's listening who was there at the bar that night. We'll send you a mug. Oh, yeah, we for sure. We have Latter-day we'll Lesbian mugs. Mug. Absolutely. We'll I would love one. to hear back from anyone who was at the bar. That was so much fun. <laughs> that was awesome. We also had our own Christmas celebration with a little tree and gifts. My yeah. mom, who is lovely and wonderful and kind, 
She sent us pajamas. She like, sure did. Like she does. Uh-huh. Um, I took a picture of the pajamas, and we will get that up on. on no, we will not. Not with us wearing okay. them, just in the package. They are not flattering. Not for flattering. My, for not my flattering for, for fluffy lesbians in the wintertime. <laughs> fluffy lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> but I think why she picked them, which cracks me up, is the picture on the um package. Pack- the packaging is two girls sledding together on the same sled. <laughs> and I'm like, is that why she picked these PJs? Well, I don't know. It's just funny to me because she sent us like lesbian sledding pajamas. I don't, I don't know, but you told her sizes and we didn't get that size. That's true. funny. That's true. Would you tell her I was a medium and I got an extra large? Yeah, you were a medium and I, I'm a large. We both got extra larges. So yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. That's I great. ate the best cheeseburger in bed wearing well, those pajamas. You might as well fill them out. I mean, they're extra large, so you mm-hmm. might as well just eat all the food. It's true. It's true. Yeah. We had a goal. Fill out the PJs. We crushed it. <laughs> so that was that was our little Christmas. It was nice. Yeah, we had a good time. I really enjoyed it. So I guess we should wrap up our discussion about Christmas with Shelley's family's annual Christmas letter. Mm-hmm. I promise you, listeners, I will dive into the relationship I have with my dad because it's very... It's layered and complicated. It and really is. Um, my dad is very into appearing to have a perfect family. It's always been that way. Right. Even back when I was like struggling with sin or whatever as a teenager, my dad would tell me like, you can't act like that. You know, I'm going to be in the bishopric. Uh, so it was about looking perfect. Gotcha. And when one of my brothers had gone like way astray and was just kind of a mess my mom's biggest heartbreak was that he didn't go on a mission. And she was like telling me, do you know how hard that is? How embarrassing that is that he didn't go on a mission? And so it was just wow. all very... They're really worried that, about appearances. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So I'm beginning to think this Mormon stuff all might be fake. Huh. You think? I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. So with that background, I shall read the Christmas letter. Okay. Not all of it, but just the good parts. So typically my dad will start off with talking about what they did over the year, and then he'll do a little blurb of all the kids. Um, My dad is very into missionary work. He's been a mission president. He's worked at the mission office buildings, missionaries, that's everything Mm -hmm. to him, which sucks for me because my kids obviously are not going to go on missions, and so they will never be grandpa's favorite. You know what I mean? And missions literally are those kids that go door to door. Yeah. That's what a missionary does. With the name tags, little black name tags, riding bikes. Yep, that's them. Gotcha. So... He says, our kids are still spread from Virginia to Utah to Washington and Hawaii. David and Andre are still here in Lehigh, nearly next door, running the best car repair facility in the state. Their kids are all attending the local schools. What is it? Dealership? Repair shop. Repair shop. And it actually is really awesome. Yeah, (laughs) it it is. DJ Auto, for those of you who are listening. DJ Auto (laughs) in, I don't know if it's Provo or Orem. Eddie just knocked down the fence. I know. Eddie's coming down. Eddie's like, oh, hell no, you're not going to do this podcast without me, bitches. (laughs) Jeez, can't he be by himself for like two minutes? Come on, get it together, Eddie. Oh, my gosh. Anyways. So, Shelly, I think we should remind listeners how to get in touch with us. I was in the middle of talking. Well, you do that a lot. (laughs) So I'm always going to have to interrupt that with this message. Okay, what is with the big interruption? We would like listeners to write in, tell us what they think. So, Mary... Yes, Shelley. How do they get these messages to us? I'm so glad you asked. There's a, a number of ways. One is to just email us at contact at latterdaylesbian.org. Another way is through our website, latterdaylesbian.org. Or on Facebook, you can look us up at Latterday Lesbian Podcast. Yes. Also, if you want to talk to me specifically, yeah. give my cell phone a call. The phone number is 703 <laughs> Did you get that? I, don't I thought know. I heard a neighborhood dog just then. 
<laughs> Did you hear that? I don't know. Okay. Well, if your phone rings, you'll know it was successful. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're going to read your comments on the air, but don't worry, we won't say your last name. That's right. So I guess we should get back to the regularly scheduled program. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Mike and Elise and four kids are still staying warm and happy on the Isle of Kalejo, Kalejo, I don't know how you say it, Hawaii, where Mike practices his medical specialty of radiology. Their oldest, Abigail, started serving in the Texas-Dallas mission of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in November, and the others are attending local schools. Mark and Heidi and their four kids are still living in Olympia, Washington, where the three younger kids attend local schools, and their oldest, Kelsey, will return the end of this December from her 18-month LDS mission in the Milano, Italy mission, which she absolutely grew to love. She will start again at BYU in January. My turn, because I'm the youngest. It's my turn. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Shelly and Brent and seven kids are still in Virginia, where all the kids attend local schools, including Lincoln, who is finishing his first semester at a local community college. Boom. <laughs> you and Brent are still together? Yeah, let's, an- let's analyze. So <laughs> I didn't realize you were still with him. Yeah. So when I read that, I was like, what the... First of all, Brent and I are not still together. Right. We haven't been together for over a year and a half now. You and I, Mary, have been together for well over a year now. They've been to our place. Yes, my mom and dad have come out to Virginia and have met Mary. They know we live together. They know this is a serious relationship. Mm -hmm. And they chose to mention nothing about you. But the worst part is that they made it look like Brent and I were still together. They were more concerned with looking like this perfect Mormon family still right? than they were about my feelings, your feelings, Brent's feelings. Well, and your kids have a lot of activities going on. Why couldn't they have mentioned any of the sports that they're involved in or your, you know, your son plays the cello? I mean, there's yeah, other stuff to talk about. My dad had to make a big deal about these kids that are serving missions and the kids that are going to Brigham Young University. And then my kid, Lincoln, it's like, oh, he, he just finished his first semester at the local community college. Mm-hmm. And funny, because when my kid read that, when Lincoln read that, he was like, bro, grandpa just totally trolled me. <laughs> he's, um, he's right. He's right. Grandpa trolled <laughs> yeah. him. And I hate this for so many reasons. One, I had a conversation with my mom and dad uh, probably a couple years ago when I was leaving the church. You know, they were saying, we don't even know how to talk to you. We don't know how to talk to the kids. I'm like, you just talk to them. They're your freaking grandkids. Yeah. There's something about when you leave the church, suddenly the, the Mormons that are in your family still, they act like they don't know what to say to you anymore. Like, like you're suddenly speaking talk. a different language. Yeah. Yeah. And we had this conversation a couple years ago, and my mom trying, she goes, what advice do you have or whatever? And I said, look, my kids aren't going to serve missions. Mm. And I know dad is all about the missions. Right. So if you could please, when you're applauding these missionary grandkids that you have, Make a big deal out of my kids, too, please. Right. Clearly, that has not happened. No, that didn't stick, that message. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. And Lincoln, even though he was like, oh, dude, Grandpa trolled me in a funny way, I'm sure that hurt him. Well, sure. And so that sucks, and it's I want to punch my parents in the face for that. It's an obvious omission. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So hurting my kids, hurting my feelings that they would hurt my kids, that hurts my feelings. Mm -hmm. Then I'm pissed off that they have met you, they know you, they've been very, very nice to your face, 
Mm-hmm. You are my girlfriend. They sent we me are together. extra large PJs. They for sent goodness me sake. extra large PJs. <laughs> but when it comes to outside, like it comes to their friends, they're not going to mention you. Yeah, and that hurts. That hurts a lot. Why did they say anything at all? That's the worst. Part I, I, of I know. So I immediately texted my ex husband, and I was like, "Dude, did you read the Christmas letter?" And he's like, "Let me pull it up." He reads it. And he texts me back. He's like, oh, so I guess we're still married. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know, right? Uh-huh. What the hell? He's like, ooh, they really dogged Lincoln. Like, everyone gets how that would have hurt Lincoln, the one mm-hmm. who's going to community college. Well, he didn't even mention the rest of your kids by no. name. Uh, yeah. At least he got a mention. Yeah, community college, <laughs> which I think is great. But after my dad talking about BYU and kids serving missions, and then, oh, Lincoln's going to community college and Brent and Shelley are in Virginia raising kids. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? I fumed about that for a day. They could have mentioned what he's studying. He's studying, like, video production. I think that's really cool. Yeah, is that so hard? They could have said, and it took me two seconds to, for this to come to my head, if, if they were at all concerned about my feelings or your feelings or Brent's feelings, they could have said, Brent and Shelley are divorcing and finding a wonderful new friendship as they raise their kids together. Mm-hmm. Or sure. co- co-parent, whatever. Like, Co-parenting, Dude, sure. that took me two seconds to uh-huh. think of, but, but that didn't cross their minds. But I bet it might have, but they weren't going to say it. So I sat there and fumed about it for a while. And my dad and I are not talking right now mm-hmm. for reasons that we will talk about maybe next podcast. I don't know. I think I'm probably ready to dive into the relationship with my dad. It's pretty, pretty hurtful. Yeah. Anyway, so I called my mom and my mom has been trying to be understanding in things. And so I was hurt that she, I'm sure she approved the Christmas letter before my dad sent it out. There's no way she didn't read it first. Again, my mom doesn't have a voice in that right. marriage. So. I was upset that she would have been okay with it going out. So I called her and I said, hey, mom, did you read the Christmas letter? Uh, yeah. I said, did, and you didn't have a problem with it? Uh, well, I, well, I'll have to read it again. I said, mom. <laughs> and I explained to her everything that I've just explained to you listeners. And her reasoning was, well, I just, I just didn't know. I didn't know what to say. And I said, so, so you did think about it. Right. You, 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 there was this discussion with you and dad about what to say. She could have called you. I know. That's what I said. I said, Mom, you could have called me. Yeah. If you don't know what to say, call me. Because every time you guys have not known what to say and you just make up your mind on your own, it sucks. It's hurtful because you were always just trying to look good for everyone else around you. Wow. You said that. I did. I did. What was her reaction? Um, there was a lot of, well, I don't, I just don't understand. I've never known anyone who's left the church. This is just a tough situation for me. And I'm like, Mom, just call me. You think I'm going to yell at you? No, call me. I'm yelling now because you didn't. Right. You didn't call. She goes, well, what was I supposed to do? I said, you could have said, hey, Terry, it's my dad's name. Don't send that letter out just yet. Let me call Shelly real quick. Yeah. That's so easy. That's not even confrontational. That wouldn't have been a fight between the two of them. He'd have been, he would maybe have rolled his eyes, but whatever. She could have called me. Yeah. But she didn't. And I said, Mom, when are you going to stand up for me? You keep mm. saying you're going to, and you don't, and you haven't over and over and over. Yeah. And it hurts. What'd she um, say to that? Um, she got a little upset. I mean, I'm sure she doesn't like hearing this. It's, no one likes to hear that they're hurting their children. Right. But I, I, I have to say something. Like, yeah. why don't you stand up for me? Why do you let this happen? Like, there's a reason the dad and I don't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Interesting that you're bringing this up and confronting your mom. So your brother thinks that they're just old and they should get a pass. How come you don't give him a pass? Here's why I don't give him a pass. This isn't new behavior. This is the way it's always been. I feel like as I'm finding myself and becoming strong, 
and refusing to be steamrolled by people anymore, which I feel as if I was steamrolled my entire life by most people who were in my life. Me setting a boundary is not me saying, I I hate you, dad. Mm -hmm. I don't want you in my life, dad. I'm saying you were doing these specific things that hurt me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to let you do that. Yeah. And, you know, I had a conversation with one of my sister-in-laws about this um, recently, in which we hadn't spoken for a couple of years. It was really nice catching up with her. And I had, we were talking about this, and she's like, well, you know, you're, you're never going to change your dad. And I said, I, I don't want to change him. Mm-hmm. That's not my job to change him. My job is to protect myself and my kids from the way he is. And so yeah. setting a boundary and saying, no, we are not speaking again until – you recognize this thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll, again, that's going to be another episode. But people like to look at it as like, oh, just let it go. Like, no, right. I, I have let it go my whole life. Yeah. I continually have let it go. And that's how I ended to up. To your detriment. Yes. That's how I ended up 40 years old, mental breakdown, seven kids. What yeah. the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. Depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. Like, you name it. I had these things because for 40 years... I just said, well, I'll let it go. Right. I'll let it go. Right. I'll let it go. I'm not letting things go anymore. And I'm a nice person. Yeah, you are. It's not like I'm hating my dad and calling him and being angry. I, like, I'm not. I, I would give anything for my dad to call and say, yeah, you know what? I think we should talk about this. I, I, I want to heal this, this relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see that happening, though, do you? No. But it's you never know. And he hasn't. So yeah, that's the Christmas letter. And that was, you know, my oldest brother and I, which is funny, my oldest brother and I were practically mortal enemies growing up. Um, but we are now, I'm now closer with him than I am with my other two brothers. Hmm. And we talk about my parents sometimes and how to like deal with it. Yeah. And David, my oldest brother, he's, I think, more in the camp of like, just let it go, move mm-hmm. on. And I can't. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. I hear you. That doesn't mean that I am going to cause problems. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, right. just, I'm protecting myself. Yeah. You're standing up for yourself. Yeah. You found a voice, Shelly. Yeah, thank you. That's something that no one in my family has is a voice. Yeah. The only one in my family who stands up to my dad is my oldest brother. And you point. know what's interesting is when you talk about their relationship, your dad may not like everything out of his mouth, mm-hmm. but he's quiet and he lets him, he lets him say his piece, mm-hmm. uh, which is not something that your dad can do for you at this point. No. He has to talk over you. Right. And we're going to go into all that in another podcast Mm -hmm. coming up soon. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think your brother gets how your father is to you in particular because he has a different relationship with your dad. Right. And my brother has never been the type to not have an opinion. Um, He's never been the type to let anyone be the boss of him. He always did things his own way. He decided he wanted to open a garage, and so he got certifications and did He's like, I don't want to go to college. Forget that. Like, he's yeah. always done things his own way, and he's very stubborn and a hardhead, which is probably a lot of the reasons why he and I didn't get along growing up. Hmm. But now I think it served him well because he will stand up to my dad, which is probably why he and I can have a conversation about my dad. Because when he was saying, just let it go, and I was like, I'm not letting it go. This is called boundaries, David. I'm, I'm setting a boundary so I don't get hurt. And he was like, yeah, I get that. He I does? That. Okay. Because... Mm-hmm. If he has a different relationship with your dad and he's able to talk to your dad and your dad might not agree with what he's saying, but he doesn't talk over him and he actually listens. I don't think he listens. Okay. Because he doesn't change. Because my brother's had multiple conversations with my dad at this point about leave Shelly alone. Like, let her figure her stuff out. Mm-hmm. She's fine. She's a grown-ass adult. Right. She's fine. Right. <sighs> anyway, that was the Christmas letter. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas. Um 
Real quick, another thing that my mom had said was the reason for this, which I was kind of mad about because I said, Mom, you you guys made it sound like Brent and I are still together. And she goes, well, you're not going to be technically divorced until January. Seriously? I said, Mom, that is bullshit. It's like a couple weeks away or it, something. It doesn't matter. That's that's like an excuse to do what you know is wrong. Right. Out of a technicality. Uh-huh. That is bullshit. You hurt me out of a technicality. Yeah. Not a fan. No. Mm-mm. I'm proud of you for standing up for yourself. Thank you. So if there are any um, active Mormons listening right now, don't do that to your family who's left the church. Don't do that. Don't put on a face. It's so hurtful. Yeah. Why is the truth so unsettling to people? Why do they have to pretend everything is perfect? I don't understand that. I don't know. If any of you have a story like that about family just kind of hurting you to save their own face, send it in. We'll read it. Do you think that in your case, in your family, and we're we're not speaking for all Mormons, obviously, but do you think that the idea that everything's perfect makes you seem more righteous. Oh, for sure. But how does that actually get you into heaven, it, into the higher echelons? Here's it's the thing. It's a facade. No, no, here's the thing. You are happiest when you're being righteous. So you need to look happy, but only if you're being righteous. So that looking righteous? Okay. Sure. Nobody wants to admit they have problems. <laughs> because you won't look righteous. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I just That's why there are so many shallow, in my opinion, shallow Mormon relationships. I did not talk to anyone about my problems. Hmm. Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. Explains a lot. Yeah. But still, if you pretend everything's okay so that people think you've got it all together, no one's fooling God, right? If he's so omnipotent and can see everything, he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're That's awake. Santa. Okay, similar. <clears throat> you're not fooling going with that. God. And you're right. I don't know why it is that Mormons have to maintain this outer look of everything being perfect, but that's just how it is. Yeah. That's just how it is. Raise your hand right now, ex-Mormon listeners, if you felt pressured to make your family look perfect. And if you dealt with that being raised Mormon, that you felt pressured to look perfect by your parents. Raise your hand. Everyone's raising their hand right now, except Mm -hmm. for you, Leslie. I just made that name up. <laughs> <laughs> that Leslie has it all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. definitely going to the highest celestial For kingdom sure. thing. Mm-hmm. Is that what you call it? The yes. celestial kingdom? Where you get to have spirit babies. Oof. <laughs> I'm not having spirit babies. <laughs> well, you're not going to heaven, according to your mom, so you don't need to worry about that. I suppose my heaven days are over. I missed, I missed the train to you heaven. I missed the train <laughs> to heaven. Mm-hmm. I know I'm out of luck, I guess. <laughs> Okay, so here's a neat thing before we wrap up. Yeah. Shelly was a guest on another podcast. That was super cool. Yeah, it's called Ask a Mormon Lesbian, mm-hmm. and it's going to air. I think it, by the time this podcast is released, it'll already have aired. It's sure. episodes 37 and 38. Wow, a double episode. I know, because weird, I can be a little long-winded. Huh, you were chatty? I know, it's kind of strange. <laughs> so let me um, tell you the, the name of the lady who interviewed me. Her name is Laura Root. And she's my new BFF. She's fantastic <laughs> and fascinating. She is because she nice. is a current Mormon lesbian. Well, current yes Mormon. And no. Oh, okay. I will explain. First, okay. she's she's a little bit hot. That was for you, Laura. Um, <laughs> Wait, like she hot is. under the collar? No, she's easy on the eyeballs. Yes. Okay. <laughs> hey, do I need to be worried? No, she lives a long ways away, okay. and she's married, hey, and now. I'm not a cheater, and you're with me. Well, well that's the I, first reason. That was not the first one you listed <laughs> in my heart. That was okay. the first reason. Maybe you're dyslexic. Yes, for sure. So this Laura Root, she contacted me after a friend of a friend told her about the podcast, and she had listened, and she messaged me saying that she hosted a podcast. That's part of a group called Rational Faiths. 
If any of you ex-Mormon or current Mormon listeners have heard of it, um, it's actually pretty popular. It's called Rational Face. They have a, a, a website. You can go there. But this website, um, Rational Faiths, also hosts some podcasts. And one of them is called Ask a Mormon Lesbian. And Laura Root is the host, so she is lesbian. She was born and raised in the church, served a mission, never married, never really clicked with a guy, like weird, yeah. because she's gay. Huh. And I'm glad she didn't feel the pressure to get married. I wish that would have been my case. But yeah, that's, that's yeah, amazing. I don't know how she got She must have just merely had a backbone saying, no, I'm not getting married. But anyway, you can ask her. You had really strict parents. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be tough for you. Yeah. So she ended up falling in love with a woman. She came out of the closet. Strangely, her ward, which is her congregation, her Mormon congregation, actually, they were mostly kind of okay with her being gay. Wow. But then she married her girlfriend. And she actually, for a year, the bishop of her ward was not going to punish her for that. He's like, we just want you here, you know? Mm -hmm. So nice guy, right? Wow, that's amazing. But as soon as a new bishop was brought in, top of his list was excommunicate Laura Root for marrying her wife. So she Ouch. got booted out of the church. Nice. She still believes in Mormonism. Um, huh. Not all aspects of it. She yeah. thinks that the church is getting a lot of things wrong. And Laura, I agree. And since she's been excommunicated, she's allowed to go to church, but she can't really participate. Wow. That's amazing that she can still find like solace and comfort there when she's really not accepted. Yeah. It was very interesting talking to her. After she interviewed me, she and I just stayed on the phone or whatever and talked for like 45 minutes. It was fascinating. She's Is that because you think she's hot? Well, it was Skype. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do I need to be worried about this? Oh, come on, baby. She's married. Hands off, Laura Root. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Anyway, so she interviewed me about my story. I would love for you guys to listen to it. It would probably be fascinating for you all to listen to her podcast. Again, it's called Ask a Mormon Lesbian. The episodes that I'm on are episode 37 and 38. Her name's Laura Root. You can check it out on the Rational Faiths website. And yeah, check it out. Let me know what you All think. All right, That'd yeah, awesome. give it a listen. And I want to have her, I'm going to have her on on our show. Because we I think can figure cool. that out, technically speaking. we got to work on that. Yeah. You well, know, we're just figuring this out as we go along. Yeah, to be we're honest. only a little over a month in, and we've never done this before. We're well, and also, I kind of messed up episode four. So for anyone, like, looking at the episode order, it's going to say four is after episode six, which is a little unusual. And I realized what I'd done was it's when I published episode four, instead of saying season one, episode four, I actually called it season four, episode one. Mm. I had a little backwards Were moment. you drunk? <laughs> no, Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't really know. Nah, that's better. <laughs> Could have been. Okay, well, that's it for this week. Remember, steer clear of cults because they are no joke. No joke. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.